At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. One of the foundational scriptures that we've read around here, a passage that we've read around here for a long time, with all that we've talked about in in daily routines and praying and, and developing a prayer life and a confession life, one of our, our foundational passages is 1 Timothy 2, and starting with verse 1. I urge then, first of all, I'm reading this in the NIV, <clears throat> I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live a peaceful and a quiet life in all godliness and holiness. For you and I to develop, that's why we've spent so much time on it in the last probably 10 years, understanding prayer and the different forms of prayer and what that's like, um, to live in the midst of all hell breaking loose in the natural, you can live a peaceful, quiet life in all godliness and holiness when you choose to pray for all people, kings and all those in authority. That's what the Word says. Remember, we're Word people. Amen? We're Bible people that don't just read the Bible. We go through the Bible, we believe the Bible, and we allow the Bible to be a part of our life. Can you say amen to that? We allow the promises and the truths, like the song we were singing today about the promises of God are yes and amen. They're not sometimes, and when it looks like something's going to happen, they're real and they're true. And that's the people that we are. We can't be anything else other than that. If you're a Christian, Christian means to be like Christ, right? Like it used to be in my day, you wanted to be like Mike, right? You wanted to wear the tennis shoes and the stuff and the Nike, this little deal and the thing and this and the cap and the everything, and you want to be like Mike. Well, to be a Christian, you have to want to be like him. We want to be like Jesus. We want to live like Jesus. We, we, want to, we want to do the things that Jesus did and even greater works, he said, that we would do because he's at the right hand of the Father representing us in all dominion, power, and authority. He's given it to us. Remember, the earth is his and the fullness of it. So when, when people tell you they're going to do this to the earth, no, 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 the earth is his and the fullness, but he gave authority in the earth to the sons of men. We have the authority in the earth, right? And we have the authority to pray for all people, kings and all those in authority. And it says that this is good and it pleases God our Savior. It's good and pleases Jesus, in other words, who wants all people saved and all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants all people saved and He wants all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants all people saved. It pleases Him that we pray for all people. That's what it takes for all people to get saved and to grow up. But He wants, His desire is none perish, but everybody come to the saving knowledge. That's our responsibility in the earth because we've been given the authority to do it. He gave it to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve gave it up. He never took it back. And so for 4,000 years, planet earth was in kind of a bondage situation because of who had authority. But who brought it back? Thank God for Jesus. Amen? Thank God for what He's done. 
He brought it back for you and I. Now, again, we have authority in the earth to do the things that God wants us to do. Amen? So, in the next couple of Sundays today and next couple of Sundays, I'm just bringing a new point that I'm adding to what it looks like to redeem the times. And I said to you before Word First, and then it was mentioned a number of times throughout Word First, and I mentioned a couple of times and read this verse, <clears throat> and it's Philippians 4, 5 in the Amplified, and it says, let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit, for the Lord is near, He's coming soon. Let all men know and perceive and recognize the unselfishness of your life. <clears throat> this year is about unselfishness in the midst of a me-me society. Everything's about me. Me, 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 me. Everybody's about me, 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 me. Right? I mean, you know, we've had a me-me society since day one, since, since the fall in the garden. People have been about themselves. But since COVID, <laughs> it's really been about me with people. I'm talking about people being about themselves. And you have to purpose to allow that unselfishness to flow out of your life. And that's why I really enjoyed this verse, these two verses that we read throughout conference that I shared with you before conference. And, and just I'm just going to read this one passage, Colossians 4, 5, and 6 in the New Living Translation. And it says this, live wisely among those who are non-believers. Live in the wisdom of God in the way that you treat non-believers. And if we're developing an unselfish life, then what we're doing is we're allowing our unselfishness and we're allowing ourselves to be considerate to all people, but especially to those based on these passages, being considerate to people that are not saved, not treating them in a negative way, not treating them like, you know, you're bad because you're not saved, or having some ugly personality towards people that do things that you don't like. People that are doing things today that are not godly, it's because they don't know God, right? And it's our responsibility, and the more we walk with Jesus, we have to raise the bar in how we treat people. Because you can be saved for a few years and kind of get away with stuff you're still working on and going through, but over time, when you're allowing the Word to renew your mind and change your life... We come to this place where God expects us to grow up. And what He wants us to be is like Him. Well, you know, nobody can be like God. He said we could. He said we could. You'll never come to a place where you don't need God, but you can become more like God all the time. Why? Because He's the mark. He's the, he's, he's the one that we're looking at. He's the one that's causing us to raise the bar because we want to. He's the one that causes you to be considerate when you have the opportunity to not be considerate. He's the one that empowers you to do those things. So, he said we could be like him. 
with his power, his anointing, his word, his spirit. He's given us everything we need to be like him, and he said we could. What a great thing. Can you say amen? That's the day and the time that we're living in. <coughs> Excuse me. Live wisely among those who are non-believers and make the most of every opportunity that you get. Let your conversation be what? Consider it. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everybody. I don't know about you, but whew, I can do that for a few, but not everybody. No, no, no. We're talking about everybody. Can you say amen? We're talking about everybody. Not just some, but everybody. So to do that, we have to be like Him. To do that, to be considerate when you don't want to be considerate, when it's easier in your flesh wants to scream out and you want to retaliate and you want to make things happen, you know, and you, you want to let people have a piece of your mind, and we all do, we've all done it, I don't care, and you say you haven't, you're a liar. Everybody's wanted to give somebody a piece of your mind, amen? And I promise you, that's not what they need. They need God, not your mind. Especially a piece of that ugly mind. <laughs> Can you say amen? So, what I, what I want to interject in this, in this kind of flow is just this simple thought today. And it is, it's, it's, it's not, there's nothing deep about this. We've talked about it many times at different times in different ways. But what has to be interjected in our life day to day is the love of God. Because God is love. And when I, when I mention the love of God, everybody in here has got a different idea of what that is and what it looks like. That's why you need the Word to bring explanation. But in handling the unsaved, in handling, and, and, and this body is, has always been about the unsaved, but we've always, we've been more about once people are saved, our focus is on building them up, which it should be. But we need to be as active about the unsaved as we are about those who are saved that need to be built up, because both things please Jesus. We want to be pleasing to Him based on the verse that we just read. Can you say amen? So, John 13 and verse 34 says this, a new commandment I give to you, this is Jesus on that side of the cross, the other side of the cross. He's telling his disciples, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. <clears throat> so in other words, what he's saying is we have to love as he's loved us. <clears throat> we must receive love to give love. So we have to receive His love in our life and know how much He has loved us for us to be able to love other people. Because if, if I ask you right now, okay, somebody tell me in here today, uh, uh, we'll, we'll just go down the line here, and tell me about, to get, just give me and just, just speak out a name. I'm not going to tell you to do this. I said, if I went down every row today and I said, just speak out one name of 
somebody that you're having a hard time loving? Jimmy, Bill, Betty, this, that, name, one name after another. after Everybody should be able <laughs> to throw out a name of somebody you're having a hard time loving. So, what do we need to, what does the Scripture say we need to do? Well, we need to try harder. It didn't say that. Well, that's what you'd think you'd need to do. Well, I just need to, oh, I need to fast for seven days to get this ugliness out of my life. You're just going to go hungry because the Bible didn't tell you to fast for that. The Bible talks about fasting, but not for that unless God led you to do that. Mm-mm. You know what the Bible says? You, you, you know what it takes for you to love people that are unlovely and that you don't want to love? To receive the love that he's loved you with. No other way. You know how, we're, how we go from being inconsiderate to considerate? To know how much he loved me. No other way. And the only way you can know how much he loves you is through his word and by the Spirit of God revealing to you how real that is. Can you say amen to that? God wants you and I to understand how to love people, how to be considerate to people, how to treat the unsaved people, because we live in a society where everybody's mad at everybody, right? Well, you just, you know, I mean, you can't trust anybody. I mean, I kind of feel that way right now, like you can't trust a soul right? But you can trust God. And God will teach you how to trust people in spite of them. You don't have to have right responses, and people don't have to do everything perfectly right in your life for you to walk in the love of God. Because God is love, and that means, and in a moment, we're going to read all the characteristics of what that love is, real quickly. We're going to read those characteristics, and we're going to talk about it next week. We're going to read those characteristics and what that looks like because the more you learn how to change that, the more you want other people to know this love the same way. You'll never love other people if you don't feel the love of God in your life. Because see, I can tell you, I can tell you this person hurt me when I was this age, this happened to me, when my parents divorced. I mean, literally, I can tell you and tell you, and I could be a victim, and I can tell you and tell you, and and I'll have enough fingers to tell you how many times I've been hurt and how many opportunities that I have to walk out of the love of God and blame other people for why I'm in the condition that I'm in. But when you find out how much God loved you, and that when some of those things happened to me, I'll just take myself, some of the things that happened to me that weren't God's will for my life. God didn't approve those things. Mm -mm. He allowed those things because He gave authority to men. And the lack of revelation that my parents had were things maybe happened to me in a negative way or things that hurt me. And and, and when they hurt me, God wasn't putting His stamp of approval, well, you're you're not good enough, but yet that's the way you feel. So why would I serve a God that would allow bad things to happen to me? 
When you find out that when you come to Revelation, you can turn the tables on that stuff, and now my lineage and my connection is not to my parents and my past, and yeah, they brought me into the world, but my connection is to the blood of Jesus. And through that blood and what He's done, I can be delivered of anything and everything in my life, and I'm a testament to that today. Can you say amen? I mean, it's not easy to walk in the love of God. And I'm telling you, you've got to challenge yourself every single day. You can have had a really good day and, I mean, been so kind and so nice and so considerate one day, and all of a sudden the next day somebody cuts you off in traffic and you feel like you want, you know, one of those fingers to come up. Who the heck do you think you are? Wow, you, you would do something like that? I mean, you being a pastor? I have thoughts. Who the heck do you think you are? I mean, just want to run up beside that guy and let him give me a piece of my mind. Huh? Anybody ever? I'm just telling you the truth. But the more I live in the love of God, the more I shut that thought down. See, we're not held accountable for the thoughts we have. It's what we do with the thoughts. Right? How we carry through with those. And the more you walk in the love of God, you let that person go by, they cut you off, bless them. And you actually find yourself meaning it. Man, they're ha- you know, because when you stop and think about it, somebody that's in a hurry or they're rushing and they're angry and they're mad, man, they're having a bad day. They don't need me to add to that by the words of my mouth. They need me to declare, you know what, that red truck right there, whoever that guy is, Father, I just speak blessing over their life and peace to come over their soul. It's amazing when you live like that and you let that considerateness come to somebody that doesn't deserve it in the natural. That's the kind of life we have to live because that's who God is. And, and when you're, you're a young Christian, you're not going to just automatically live that way. You've got to have your mind renewed and you've got to be developed. No matter how long you've known God has, has no bearing on how much you're walking a delivered life. You have to apply the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you so you believe it for yourself. Absolutely so. I'll just say this. Love has never harmed anyone. Love's actions has never harmed anyone. 1 John 4, 8 says this. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Didn't say you weren't saved. But where you're not walking in love, you don't know God the way you need to know God or you wouldn't be walking that way. Because when you get the revelation and it becomes real, the power is in that revelation itself to cause you to make right decisions. That's how powerful it is. That's how powerful revelation is versus just the knowledge of something. So, I want to read this in the Amplified, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. I want to read in the Amplified. So this is what love is. It's what love does, but first and foremost, it's what love is. Love is this, and this is what love does. Love endures long and is patient, and love is kind. I didn't say you were. I said love is. And that's why you and I have to step up and reach to a higher level of revelation 
of how real that God is because he's love. He's all these things. So, so love always endures. I'm going to say it like that. Love is always kind. It's always patient, not just some of the time. And he said we can be just like him. So I don't have to be some guy with a pooper scooper cleaning up all my messes all the time because I chose not to do things. I can choose what's right. All of this has to do with redeeming the times and realizing how vital it is that you and I be grown-ups in the day and time that we're living in so that people out there can know our God because of how, how open and transparent that you become about life, not judging people, but loving and forgiving people, no matter what they've done. And I'll just say this, the best place for that to start is the people closest to you. We won't talk about that yet. Love never is envious. Everybody say never. Never. Nor boils over with jealousy. Never. And so, one of the things that can help you as as I'm reading these things is if there's times when you feel really jealous of something that's happened with someone else, God wants to help you overcome that. We don't look at that as like, oh my gosh, i got to cover that up and hide. No, 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 let it go. I mean, yeah, I'm jealous. Admit it to God. You don't have to admit it to the whole world. Just admit it to God. I'm jealous. I don't like it, and I don't see any way that I can get over this. God's saying, glad you said that. Because you go back to his word, and it says, when you're weak, he becomes strong. When there are things that you can't do, that's where he becomes strong if you'll turn to him and allow him to empower you to be able to deal with those kind of things. And he gives you ways to do it constantly. Is not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. Is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Love is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Hmm? Men, you ever had your wife or friends or whoever, if you're not married, uh, somebody say to you, you acted really unbecoming. Hmm? Your attitude was very unbecoming in this situation. Maybe not using that word, but... You get a challenge, and well, you don't, I mean, well, they did this, and they, no, that's what we have to, see, that's what, that's what in the days in which we're living, as we're redeeming the times, we're realizing life is not just about me, (laughs) and my life is not just about me. My life needs to be about other people, and the more I understand that, the more I learn to receive the love from God and what God has done for me, I'm able to want to do for other people. It's amazing how unselfish you become the more you do for others. The more you do for others. The more opportunities that you look to pray for people. To find people that have never accepted Jesus and to lead them to the Lord. To some people that's the most frightening thing in the world to pray for someone to receive Jesus. And if that's you, admit it. We're starting a, on the heels of Word First Conference, and 
Riley Stevenson coming and, and really imparting into our body really some supernatural things I believe happened as a result of him just coming and sharing. We're starting a connect group, an, evangeliz- an evangelism connect group that'll start uh, uh, first of this next month. And uh, we're, we're taking that to the next level. You can join that. He's going he's gonna to do Zoom calls and meetings with us over the next months and, and years because this thing will never stop because it's what our body is about. And it's just such a time as this has something happened here that we're continuing on with. And not forcing it, not making something happen, but learning how to be the evangelists that the Bible called each and every one of us to be. Do the work of the evangelist. Always be ready in season and out for someone that just needs, you know, a handshake or for you to encourage them. Or it's a day when they need to receive Jesus as their Lord or they need prayer for healing in their bodies or they need whatever. We're to be ready in season and out of season. And I promise you, the more you become prepared for that, selfishness goes out the door. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Mm. For it is not self-seeking, it's not touchy. (laughs) Uh, That me-me society is a me-me, touchy-touchy society. People are just touchy. We're in something right here, a little chip, you know, and you say anything, boom. People just, you know, mad for all different kinds of reasons. And I, pr- I promise you, it's all rooted in fear, and the only thing that removes fear from people's lives is the love of God. Perfect love, perfected love, as it's being perfected in you, it removes all fear from you, and then you're anointed to help fear be removed in other people's lives. not touchy or fretful or resentful, takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. One of the things that I like to always add about that, that part of the nature, this is the nature of, of love. God is love. First John 4 said, God is love. And so this is the nature of love, which is God. And, and one of the things here is, you know, you can, you can do all kinds of things to make people feel accepted, but you can't compromise the truth. Because it says right here, love does all these things. It's, it's kind when people are unkind. You know, it's patient when there's impatience, you know. There's, it's not self-seeking, not thinking about ourselves, all these kind of, it does all kinds of things, love does, to help people get to a place where they can receive, but you can't ever compromise the truth. doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. And that's why you can't go against the Word. And you can't go against the Word in how we're to redeem the times and be kind and compassionate to the unsaved. 
being aware that, that their destiny could, could head to hell when that's never been God's plan. God's plan was never for human beings to go to hell. But that, ha- that becomes their choice, and that's why our job is to make it inviting and lead them to a place where they make a confession and believe in their heart that God truly did what God said He did. And you have to believe it because the enemy will use people and situations all over the planet to talk you out of that, that all roads lead to God. Well, God's a God of love, and He would never do something like that. No, He would never send a person to hell, ever. He wouldn't. But if a person chooses to go, He won't stop them. But he didn't create hell for people. He, uh, he created hell for devil and demons, not people. That's how much he loves us. So when I'm, <clears throat> when I'm sharing with someone, um, you know, some of, like some of the things that Riley talked about, I like to make it personal that if, uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to come down here and just finish down here. I'm going to give Joe a hard time there on the front row. You guys are really quiet. Nobody's laughing. I, th- I thought I was being funny. <clears throat> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not being funny. You guys aren't laughing at all. You're real serious. <clears throat> but if, but if Joe's a, come stand up here, Joe. If Joe's not a believer, okay, and I'm coming to him and, I, and I'm saying some things to him like, you, know, you live around here, you, you go to church somewhere, and he answers me or whatever. And, I, and, and then I like saying it like this. <clears throat> I've said this many times to people just like this. Well, I have this strong conviction in my heart, so I'm talking to you like you're not saved. I have this real strong conviction in my heart that I want people to be able to make a decision that they know where they're going if they died today. And I'm just asking you, Joe, do you know where you're going if you died today? Just say no. no. Okay. And so when you say no, well, I just want you to know that. And, and the way to know that, you know, is to first off pray this prayer, and then I want to help you after that. And so he says, yes, I'd like to pray that prayer. Yes, yeah. Like pray okay. That prayer. And so I lead him in that prayer. And, and that simple little prayer that a lot of times people think, well, you know, they, they, they didn't really mean that. Yeah, when, when you make somebody think about the fact that they don't know where they're going if they died today, and do you think everybody on the planet's heard about hell? I mean, whether they believe in hell or not, they've heard about it. So what I'm saying is, to this, what I'm saying to Joe right here is, so you may go to hell, in other words. I didn't say that, and I, I would never say that, but that's where you could go. And he knows that, that that's what I'm meaning. But I'm just saying, I'm not trying to force it on Joe. I'm just saying to Joe, Joe, I just want you to know that you know for a, for a fact that you're going to where God is, you know. And a lot of times I'll bring up, you know, do you have any people that have left you, bef- you know, before now? And, and just asking different little questions like that, you know, to, to challenge people to, to get this perspective that this life is just not all there is, Right? And that's what we've got to do. Thank you. And so, so when, when we're, 
understanding the love of God and we're understanding the nature of God and how He sticks with the truth. If we stay with the truth, then we get the results. If we don't back off from it. Then it says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. It hopes, its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. For love never fails. It never fades out <clears throat> or becomes obsolete, is I think is what it says at the last part of that. Yeah, it becomes obsolete. That's what you and I have to believe. Can you say amen? <clears throat> People must see his nature, the nature that I've just read to you today, people must see it in us. <clears throat> and the farther that you walk with God, walking in love unconditionally is not an option with anybody, with any person. It's not an option in any of our lives. And so today, as I read this last passage to you, I want you to believe today that the days and the times we're living in and redeeming the times, we're to redeem it, the times, with understanding how God wants me to walk in the love of God. And where I'm not understanding that, I need to spend more time receiving from Him how much He's loved me so I can love people with the love that He loved me with. There lies the answer to everything that we're talking about today. <clears throat> In 1 John 3, I want to read these last three verses. In 1 John 3, verse 16 first. It says, By this we, we know love, because He laid down His life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. He laid His life down for us as an example of how we're to lay our lives down for other people. We're not to lay our lives down for other people's sicknesses, their sins, their anything else like that. He did that for all men one time so that we could all be freed. But we're to lay our lives down so that other people will believe. We're to spend our time and life allowing people to understand who we are in Him. And when they see that, there's a while that You'll, you'll, you may be required to help a person grow up because it's not just people getting saved. It'd be like a baby being born, and it's a little infant, and you just kind of leave it to fend for itself. Well, what's going to happen to that little baby? It's going to die. Over time, it's not going to make it. That's the same way in the Christian world. That's why what pleases Jesus is for all people to be saved and for all people to grow up. And it takes you and I growing up and being more grown up than the people that are getting saved so that we can lead those people into a place of understanding who they are in Christ so that they can receive. It's, it's, a, it's a perpetual, continual, unconditional love relationship that we have with humanity. And I tell you what, we're living in a society right now where every, I mean, people just hate everybody. The hatred that's out there right now is staggering that people have because of what certain people believe that don't believe the way I believe. You, you have a responsibility to believe the Word of God and then learn how to love people that are unlovely. As, you know, Jesus said it like this, not a whole lot of profit when you're good to people that are good to you. 
See, because it doesn't take any faith for that. But to be good to people that are not good to you, those are the ones I'm after. I've always been after those people. I've always liked it when someone said, well, watch out for so-and-so. They got that. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. I want to figure out how to crack that nut. (laughs) Right? Literally. Anyway, I want to learn how to crack that thing and get into that person's life when everybody else says it can't be done. Huh? I can do all things through Christ who's the one strengthening me. I can, get, I can break through that thing, and he needs you to learn to have that attitude. I promise you, you get yourself, you get your mind off yourself. It's amazing what you can do for other people. It, it's staggering what can happen in the lives of other people. <clears throat> Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and truth. I'll just talk about loving people. Hmm? Let's really love people in spite of people. Huh? You know, there's a lot of people that love you in spite of you. And so, we can do the same thing for other people. Can you say amen? amen? And then verse 23, and I'll end with this. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He's given us the option. Oh, it's a commandment. If I feel like it today. Hmm. No, eh. not going to work. It's a command. Love one another the way I've loved you. He's told us, I love you. I've loved you. I've laid my life down for you. Now I want you to learn what all that means so that you can love others and lay your life down for other people for their good. I could, I could just tell you of a, probably just off the top of my head about a dozen different stories, and I won't, but I could tell you of about a dozen different stories of how God showed me to lay my life down for someone else and saw their salvation. And I'll give you one. <clears throat> um, and if you've been around here for very long, you've heard it before, but just look straight ahead and act like you haven't. Amen? <clears throat> but I was living in the Rio Grande Valley down in McAllen, we were. And uh, I had a business down there. I had an automotive detail business. And I would go from, I had a van and I'd go from dealership to dealership. I had about 16 dealerships that I would go and work on cars. And uh, man, a lucrative business. Man, made a lot of money at it in about a five year period of time. And uh, one of the dealerships, when I first took over, the guy that I bought the business from, he told me, he said, now, when you go to that dealership, he said, the lady that pays you, she is a witch. And I was already, you know, I mean, I was super evangelistic in those days when I lived down there. And he told me that, and I thought, okay, my challenge. And so the first time I took my receipt to her desk in the dealership, she was the she was the uh, mother of the owner of a big Chrysler dealer. And so I put the receipt on her desk, and I told her, I said, I don't mention her name, but I just said, thank you, ma'am, you know, for uh, taking my receipt, and, and I'll be back. And, and she said something, I mean, really ugly. And I'm walking away from there thinking, he was right. <laughs> 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 kind of a witchy woman, you know. <clears throat> But 
from that day on, that day on, I purposed to lay my life down for her life. And long story short is, over about, I was, I, I owned that business, we owned that business five years, right? And we owned it for five years, and a lot of different things happened, but I led that lady to the Lord, and I left the valley, and two years after I left the valley, she was hit at a, at a stoplight by a guy that ran the stoplight and hit her in her door and killed her. And, but that lady, I will see her in heaven. Amen? I'll see her there. Because I was willing to do that. I mean, it, and it took, it took maybe a year and a half or two years to break the eye, to break through that thing. But once I did, <laughs> people would come to me, how do you get paid? She puts us off for weeks. She said, you, you, you bring your receipt in on Friday and she pays on Monday. I said, well, you know, I'm just better looking than you, I guess, you know. <laughs> Something along that line. But just a, just a simple example of how you lay your life down for other people. You, it doesn't matter how they treat you. Man, she treated me. I mean, she, she got worse with me because I wouldn't be ugly to her, Right? So, it, so it, it works that way. She got worse and had an attitude toward me in, in a really, you know, hard way. And I mean, I mean, there were days when it was just like, you know what, forget this mess. And then I'd hear God saying, no, I need you. You know, God needs you and I to be those people that will take the example that we've learned from Jesus and how he laid his life down for us and then lay it down for other people, especially those who are the difficult witches. Right? At least that's what everybody else called them. We don't have to be those people. We can lay our lives down for the good of others by redeeming the times and living in the love of God that God is and understanding how to take that to another level in our lives. Because I'll just say it like this and I'll end with this. You will find as you grow in the things of God, you have to be more like Him. And if you're, if you're growing in knowledge, but you're not growing in demonstration and acting the way he would act in situations, it will stunt your advancement in life. You won't see manifestations come when you come to a certain place, but you're not willing to make the alterations and the changes that look like him. I mean, he, he'll never, God's so patient, you can't even, I mean, you know, he, 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 had the plan for redemption and salvation with Jesus before the foundation of the world. Then it was given up by Adam and Eve, and he waited 4,000 years for the manifestation of it. So he can wait for anything. Did you hear me? He can really wait. So he's not going to force you to do anything. But you'll find yourself at times along the way where you feel like you're stuck. And it's because he wants more of you to be like him and less of you. And that's what we're learning. 2024 is a year where we're learning how to be unselfish. You heard me say it, that you got an idea of what that looks like, and you've got like maybe a half a dozen ideas and thoughts about who you don't want to be unselfish, you know, to. You want to be selfish, and you want to think about yourself, and you've got to work through those things. With the power of God's Word and the strength that He's given us by the Holy Spirit, you and I can do it. 2024 is and will be the best year ever in your and my life. Who can say amen to that and give a fist pump to the person next to you? 
if there's anybody close to you. Amen? We can do this thing. We can live that life. So meditate on the things that I've shared with you today. Be listening to the words leading up to our Vision Sunday, and we're going to talk even more about it on Vision Sunday, and that night have testimonials of just the things that God has done and how He's doing it and what it's going to look like to live a life of love like we never have before and a life that is unselfish. Redeeming the times. The days are evil, but God is good. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.